Hello, everybody, and welcome into the second episode of Irrefutable Sports. We are recording uh, remotely in uh, in times of uh, the coronavirus. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's the uh, uh, that reminds me of the line. I think it's from Major League, where it's like they don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. <laughs> uh, um, but on this episode, we're gonna feature. Uh, draft grades for all 32 NFL teams, and but we're going to keep it moving. Don't worry, this is not going to be like a two- or three-hour podcast. Uh, we're going to aim to keep this one moving a little bit. So with that being said, Ben, uh, I understand you've got some AFC North draft grades for us right off the bat. Yes, we will start with the AFC North. Um, we're doing these draft grades a week after the draft. You know, We had a lot of time to reflect on these moves from these NFL teams. Let's start off with the AFC North champion Baltimore Ravens. I gave the Baltimore Ravens a B plus in the draft or as their draft grade. They took in the uh, in the first round LSU linebacker Patrick Queen, who I think is a great linebacker, probably the best linebacker in this class. He helps fill the loss of CJ Mosley from last year who left in free agency of 2019 to go to the Jets. In round two, they took Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins, which I thought was another great pick. You know, Ingram, he's starting to get up there a little bit in age. And even the mm-hmm. more running backs, the merrier with how much they run the ball. So I think he's going to help a lot. They also took Texas wide receiver Devin DuVarnay, who is just another weapon for Lamar Jackson, who, which with a team that I thought besides like Marquise Brown and um, Willie Sneed uh, needed another receiver in there. Uh, obviously, because they use their tight ends a lot, but. Still need another weapon, so that's good. I give the Ravens a B plus. Pittsburgh Steelers, I give them a C plus. You know, they traded their first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety from the Dolphins, which I think was a great trade. I'm still kind of surprised Miami made that trade after only having him on the team for a year and a half. Yeah, um, really great young safety to trade him more yeah, like that. He got a couple pick sixes and everything. Like he made an immediate impact in Pittsburgh that second half of the season. And then uh, round two, they took Notre Dame wide receiver Chase Claypool. Um, I mean, he's a big weapon for Roethlisberger. I mean, I, I get, you know, this is a deep receiver class, um, but a receiver wasn't that big of a need for Pittsburgh. And the rest of the draft was kind of meh. I mean, they didn't, they didn't do too great. Um, the rest of the draft. So I gave them a C plus Claypool does kind of remind me of like Martavis Bryant, a little bigger body guy. Um, so they'll, they'll fill that role um, with him and the Browns. I gave them an A they took, um, uh, Alabama offensive tackle Jedrick Wells, 10th overall. That is a huge need. Both the Browns' tackles were horrible. I mean, you got Jack Conklin in free agency to be one tackle. Now you have Wills on the other side. Obviously, I don't know which one's going to be left or right, but um, they, they'll figure that out. Uh, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, so the tackle position has been addressed for Cleveland. They also took LSU safety Grant Delpit and Missouri defensive tackle Jordan Elliott. Uh, those two guys were great players that should not have fallen to the second and third rounds where they did. And so I just give Cleveland a really good draft, you know, taking, you know, first a position a need in the first round, then taking like bet the best players on the board that just helped them out in other spots as well. So I give the Cleveland Browns an A. I don't give too many teams A's. So that Cleveland, you know, did very well in my opinion. Next, we'll go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Number one overall pick took quarterback Joe Burrow, you know, the Heisman winner from LSU great pick. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a great NFL career. Uh, you know, it's time to move on from Andy Dalton. He's been kind of getting mediocre as of late. It's time to move on from him. Second round, they took Clemson wide out. Uh, T Higgins, another great pick. Um, AJ Green's getting up there in age. T 
T. Higgins has the potential to be a really good receiver in this league, in my opinion. And also, round three, they took linebacker uh, Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. And I, I think those are just three great players that will make an immediate impact, be starters on this Bengals team. I also give the Bengals an A. Um, Lucas, take it away with the NFC North. Uh, actually, is a uh, one quick question for you, Ben. Which team out of all four of those teams do you think? Uh, I know it might be obvious based on grades, kind of did the best in the draft out of those teams. Um, I mean, Cleveland and Cincinnati did really good, um, but I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Cincinnati. I mean, Burrow, Higgins, Logan Wilson are, I think, you know, all three be really good players. Um, Wills, I mean, you hope he's going to be good. I mean, it seems like with tackles as of late, like. You know, there's a lot of good tackles in every draft, and you think that, um, like, some of them end up being really good, some of them not. It's not, like, a for sure. I mean, I guess it's a more for sure position than others, but I don't right, know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, so I, I give the Bengals probably a better grade, but that's because they had an earlier pick, so they took better players, you know, than sure. having the one pick. Okay, so. and that's, and that's fair. All right, um, we're going to go to the much-talked-about uh, much NFC North division here. Uh, and I'm going to start with the division champion, uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, when you look at their draft class overall, I have said it on the previous podcast, I really enjoy pick number one, Jordan Love. Uh, but then, obviously, things kind of changed a little bit. I, I'm not as, as down on this um, on this draft class as certain Packers fans are. Um, but I do agree with a lot of the criticisms that some of the people we took, we did not need to take them as high as we did. They might have been available later in the draft, and we could have maybe – No wide receiver, you know, Lucas. What, what well, are your opinions on that? Well, um, hang on. I'll get there. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, I, I think we should have taken Quintin Cephas. Uh, we should have found a way to make that happen. I know Detroit ended up taking him uh, before our pick, but – Really, we just should have uh, we should have adjusted the receiver position at some point during this draft, uh, but we didn't end up doing that. I like AJ Dillon out of Boston College. I think that's a, a good pick, but um, I don't agree with the fact that because we drafted him, we should uh, we should get rid of um, Aaron Jones. I, I don't personally agree with that, but we'll see what happens. Um, I know that uh, Lafleur likes to run more, a much more power running scheme, which is why you would draft somebody like AJ Dillon in the first place. Um, he People have compared him to uh, running style Derrick Henry, um, so uh, that hopefully he could, you know, hopefully he can develop into something like that. Uh, and the other one I'll talk about is Josiah Dubois, and the, that we end up taking the third round. You know, he had a, definitely a much later round draft grade. Uh, I feel like that was a reach, and you know, all the offensive linemen later in the draft and. Uh, overall, I gave this draft grade a C, um, because I don't completely hate it, and a lot of Packers fans would probably have me give it like an F or a D, um, but I give them a, I give them a C, um, because I think that they're trying to build towards a more power run scheme, uh, and they've got that young quarterback successor behind Rodgers, which is what really propels that draft grade up a little bit higher for me. Great, great take there. I agree with pretty much everything you said there. The Detroit Lions, I gave them a B plus, um, mostly because I really like Jeff Okuda. Uh, their first-run pick out of Ohio State. I think he's going to make an immediate impact at corner. When you lose a guy like Darius Slay at the corner position, I think it's really important for you to get a good cover, a good potential cover number one guy out there. Uh, I, I think he's going to start for them day one. I don't know how great he's going to be right away, but I think he could develop into a basically another new number one corner for them. I like in the second round DeAndre Swift. I think that was a great choice for them. 
I, I don't subscribe to the fact that Carryon Johnson can be their every down guy, and I think DeAndre Swift's the kind of guy who can be an every down back for you. Uh, and then just to touch on their fifth round pick, I, I really think that Quintez Cephas, the wide receiver, could be one of those guys who's a late round pick but can actually make some plays for them on Sunday. So I give them a B plus. The Chicago Bears. Uh, this this draft class, I gave them a C plus. Uh, I, I think that it's really foolish for them to go out and sign a guy like Jimmy Graham and then in the second round take Cole Kmet, or Cole, sorry, Cole, Cole Kmet out of Notre Dame. I don't think that that was a need position for them after you go out and sign a guy like Jimmy Graham. And if that was still a need position after you signed Jimmy Graham, then why would you go out and sign Jimmy Graham, if you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do like Jalen Johnson out of Utah uh, as their second uh, pick as a corner. Uh, I think corner is a good is a good need position for them, but basically, uh, you know, with those only those two second round picks and you got you got a lot of late round picks, I, I give their draft class a C plus and it would have been higher had they not reached out for a tight end in the second round. I don't think that's a wise decision for them. Also, Lucas, remember they traded their first round pick that was uh, was gone, still part of the Khalil Mack trade. You know, yep. a year later. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not punishing them for Khalil Mack. You know, obviously that's the decision they made. Um, but I'm just punishing them that they didn't make the best use of the picks they did have, in my opinion. I agree. Um, Great as well. If if you look at Minnesota, I give them an A minus. I think they had a very good draft. Uh, if you look at people like Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, uh, he's probably going to come in and produce right away. Guy's got a little bit of a bigger body, but can kind of still burn people. Uh, you look at. Jeff Gladney at cornerback, uh, you know, with Xavier Rhodes obviously getting older and becoming less of an option, and he went to the Colts. Yeah, they he's gone him. now. They him, um, yeah. So he had a they, terrible uh, 2019 season. Exactly. So they needed a cornerback. So I think that's a really good pick for them uh, to spend one of your first round picks on a cornerback. Good idea. They picked up an offensive tackle in the second round. They get Ezra Cleveland for Kirk Cousins. To protect him, that's a, that's a good pick. You always want to invest in your quarterback, even though I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. I'm glad that's what they should be doing is trying to protect him. That's a debate uh, for another time, Kirk Cousins. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then they pick up Cameron um, Cameron Dantzler, another cornerback, in the third round. So, again, trying to really solidify their cornerbacks, which is good because Xavier Rhodes was not their only secondary problem last year. And then he, and actually the other thing, I'll, the last thing I'll comment on is uh, them picking up Nate Stanley in the seventh round I think is a good pick. Uh, sort of a younger quarterback to try to develop behind Kirk Cousins. So for that reason, I give them an A minus. I liked your grades. That was I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, something else to Trey Waynes, who was another good corner on the other side of Rhodes. They lost him in free agency with paying Cousins and paying everyone that they pay on that Viking defense and mm-hmm. playing on the offense, paying those receivers. Well, now they traded Diggs, but. Uh, yeah, that's another move too. Traded Diggs. That's part of the reason they got Jefferson. They used him mm-hmm. that pick actually, but yeah, they lost so they, Wayne, so they tried to also, and Rhodes. So they tried to draft a lot of corners, which I think was smart. I think it was a smart idea as well. All right, let's go to the AFC South, or I'm going to go to the AFC South. Um, All right, I did AFC. Lucas did NFC to make that clear. I don't. I don't know if we made that super clear in the beginning, but uh, okay, yeah. AFC South. I gave the Houston Texans, the the AFC South champs, who blew a 24-point lead in Kansas City in the divisional round. I gave them a C. Uh, well, obviously, we know in the offseason they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, which was a horrible trade. Um, traded him for David Johnson, who seems to be a washed-up running back who's 
one of the top paid running backs, and they and a, they got a second round pick for him. Um, and they also um, traded away their first round pick for Laramie Tunsil um, in the uh, last offseason, which I think actually was probably a good trade. Laramie Tunsil is one of the best tackles in the league. But and then their round two pick, they took TCU defensive tackle Roth Blacklock. Um, and he fills the need after losing defensive tackle DJ Reader in free agency to the Bengals. But there were better players at other positions of need available for them. Like they could have taken a corner or something else. Um, and the rest of their draft just was not very great. So not not a good draft by Bill O'Brien, who's now you know the GM and the coach of the Texans, making very questionable general manager decisions is Bill O'Brien. I give him a C in this draft. Going to the Tennessee Titans, the team that made that, went on their wild run to the AFC Championship behind Derrick Henry. Uh, I gave them a B in this draft. They took Georgia offensive tackle, Isaiah Wilson. You know, he fills the need after losing Jack Conklin in free agency to Cleveland. Uh, And they took uh, LSU corner Christian Fulton uh, in round two. Um, Wilson, yeah, I said this was a good pick after losing Conklin in free agency. And Fulton was a great pick. He was supposed to be like the second or third best corner in this draft. And he kind of fell to the end of round two, which was surprising. There was a lot of corners taken um, ahead of him that probably shouldn't have. And I think both these picks, you know, the the tackle and the corner fill immediate needs and are both going to be day one starters for this Tennessee Titan team who try to help them um, get back to where they were last year. Um, next team. So I give them a B. I don't, I don't know if I said that. I give the Titans a B. Uh, the Colts, I give them an A. I think they had a fantastic draft in the offseason. They traded their first round pick for DeForest Buckner uh, from the 49ers, which I think is going to be great for them, boost that defensive line. Um, and then in round two, they actually had two second round picks. They took first, they took USC wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., which I think was a fantastic pick. You need more weapons outside of T.Y. Hilton on that team. Mm-hmm. I think Mike is aging too. So, what were you saying? Sorry. And sorry, T.Y. is aging too. So uh, eventually, yep. you're going to need to sort of replace him anyway. So you're going to want to look to add young weapons like that. Yeah, I think he's going to have a great career. Um, and then their next second round pick which this pick, you know, as a Badger fan, I love this pick. I think he was the best running back in this class. Jonathan Taylor taken. Marlon Mack, you know, is good, but he's not hes not a great running back. Like, I mean, he's only looks better than I think he is because of, you know, how them having probably, or at least a top three offensive line in the league. That's why Marlon Mack is so good. But Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor is going to be with that great O-line. If I think he's going to be the every down back. He's can run for, I think, 1,500 yards behind that offensive line and, I was I stunned that he fell that. to them. I didn't see that was going to happen, you know? I was pretty stunned that Jonathan Taylor fell to the Colts. Yeah, to like the middle of the second round. But um, that was interesting. And then they also took Utah corner um, Julian Blackman in round three. And they took um, in round four, which I think I like this pick a lot, they took Washington quarterback Jacob Eason, which a lot of people thought he'd go in round two or round three. He fell to the Colts round four. Great pick. Um Obviously, last year after losing Andrew Luck, they thought Jacoby Brissett could be the guy. He did not play too well in 2019. Um, they go out and sign Phillip Rivers. I think Brissett is still on the roster. I think he's supposed to make, like, he's making quite a bit of money, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved here pretty soon. Um, but obviously, Rivers is the guy, at least for 2020, to try to lead that, you know, talented roster to the playoffs. Um, but... Eason, you know, can be a guy who can develop behind Rivers. He's got a big arm. I think he could potentially be the successor um, 
two rivers. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And yeah, I don't expect Brissett to be on the team um, come training camp, but maybe they're willing to pay their backup quarterback as almost as much as their starter. I don't, I don't know what, what they're thinking. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I give them a B. Um, they had two first round picks, you know, after, or they, uh, cause they got one for the Jalen Ramsey trade to the Rams. At ninth mm-hmm. overall, they took Florida cornerback C.J. Henderson. I thought that was a good pick, you know, after losing Ramsey. And then with their other pick, they took LSU edge rusher Kalevon uh, Chasen. And I think Chasen, you know, is really good for LSU. That'll help them a lot. Um, and they also took uh, Colorado wide receiver LaVisca Chenault in the second round. Um, mm-hmm. The receiver pick for Jacksonville I thought was interesting. When you already have D.J. Chark, you know, at 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. Um, D.D. Westbrook, who I think is a good receiver, Chris Conley, um, Keelan Cole. But I guess, you know, in this deep receiver class, it never hurts to add another guy in there. But I feel like Jacksonville has a lot of weapons now, like just like probably almost too many receivers at this point. But so I give them a B. I think that was, that was a good draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, let's see what you have to say about the NFC South. What are you going to say about the – Tampa Bay Patriots Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, so the first team I was going to go for here is uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I'm giving them a B overall. Um, I know that might be low in some people's eyes, but I mean, I like the first pick when they take a guy like Tristan Wirfs, who's gonna you know help uh, help protect Tom Brady. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, second round pick, Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety out of Minnesota. I think that's a good pick. Um, where I start to question some of their picks, if you look at their third round pick. Um, and you take a guy like um, it's Kashawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. I, I mean, I know that running back is a need for them, and I think it's something they could have addressed. Um, but if it was me, um, I think that they missed out on some better running back talent earlier in the draft. I agree. Uh, I think they could have gotten a guy like J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, and I think that it's a mistake not taking someone like that when, you know, you're relying so heavily on Tom Brady. You're still gonna need a run game. Uh, and you need, you're going to need running backs who can make plays. Um, and if this Sean Vaughn guy it, it ends up doing that, then uh, this draft grade will obviously end up being better than I'm projecting it. But just uh, because of the opportunity that they, the opportunities that they didn't take, um, I think that that's why I'm, and that's why I'm, I'm a little, a little low on this. And and then the fifth round taking a guy like Tyler Johnson, who's a receiver. I just don't see it, you know. You sign, you already have two Pro Bowl wide receivers, and you go out and you know you add Percy Harvin, you have Gronk, you know all these guys are not going to be on the field. Um, but he's just interested in going there. Well, okay, but like the I just you know you have two Pro Bowl wide receivers, and you have a bunch of tight ends as weapons. You know he's not going to really make an impact for your team, so I don't get that pick there personally. Um, so that's why I'm giving them a B. I like that they're I like their early picks. Um, but I feel like they could have used their opportunities a little bit better to set themselves up a little bit better to win now. Um, that's my personal opinion with their draft class. Um, for New Orleans, I gave them a C. Um, and this is a lot of it's because of lack of opportunity um, because of the way that their draft class ended up. Uh, first of all, um, and this is, might be a little bit of a biased opinion, but at number 24, you take uh, a center, Cesar Ruiz, out of Michigan. Uh, in my personal opinion, Tyler Biadish is the best center in this draft class, so I can't look at that pick favorably because I don't think Cesar Ruiz was the best pick there for that position. 
Uh, and if you look at third round, I do like their pick um, of Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, uh, a linebacker talent who's going to be able to come in there, potentially play inside and or outside, uh, has a little bit of versatility. We know we can rush the passer if you're a Wisconsin football fan. You've seen that from him. Um, so I give their draft class a C, but it's mostly because of, I've, again, a little bit of the missed opportunity syndrome when you look at the center they chose to take in the first round. Uh, and uh, just kind of lack of draft picks later. But they still get a C because I enjoy their pick of Zach Bond. What round did they take Bond in again? They took him in the third round. He fell a little bit, I know, because of that diluted um, sample. Yep. Sample, yeah. At the at the combine. Like he um, should have probably went like early to mid-second round, I think is where so he was expected to go. And I, I really personally, this is me personally just guessing, uh, I'm sure the sample, you know, I don't think it was anything uh, – it was anything too crazy. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, you know, I, I think it was, mo- I believe his uh, excuse because I think he's probably a pretty high character guy playing football for Wisconsin and, and you know, being one of those major contributors. I could be wrong. Uh, and obviously playing football for Wisconsin doesn't mean that you're not susceptible to doing other things. But anyway, when you look at uh, the, um, the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers here, um, I gave them a B. Uh, I like their pick of Derek Brown, uh, defensive tackle out of Auburn. I think it's a good pick for their defensive line. Um, and at, and I mean, in round two, they get, they go out and get another defensive lineman out of Penn State. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely just slaughter this name. Uh, but you get Yatir Gross Matos, an edge rusher, uh, and you go out and get a safety from Southern Illinois, uh, Jeremy Chin. I think that those picks are good. They solidify the defense a little bit. Um, but I I still have some questions about their offense. They didn't really do uh, much to address it. There's sound in there. <laughs> well, the Panthers not happy with uh, me uh, bashing the draft grade, but I'm still gonna I'm still go ahead and give them a B there. Uh, I think that they uh, they did an okay job, but I think they had some missed opportunities on offense. The Atlanta Falcons here. I'm gonna. I give. I'm giving them a C plus. I like the pick of AJ Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson in the first round. Uh, add to their. Add, add some depth to their uh, defensive backs. Uh, again, potentially be another lockdown corner you can put outside of. Uh, outside of Trufant. Trufant. Uh, Lions. Ah, uh, again. You know what? I forgot about that. So that makes a lot of sense because. Um, so they had like no corners if they didn't select. Yeah. They literally so they, went, they went out and uh, did exactly what they should have done then and got themselves a corner. Um, but then second round, they take Marlon Davidson, uh, defensive lineman out of Auburn. Uh, you know, that's an okay pick. Uh, I'm okay with it. Um, but I, I don't. it's not like a splash pick. Um, most of the reason that Atlanta only gets a C plus uh, is because really they just, again, didn't have a whole lot of picks. They, get two, they had a first and a second round and a third. Um, and then they had like three more picks, but you know, they didn't really do a whole lot in this draft to, uh, um, to have had a whole lot to the team in my opinion. So I went and gave him a C plus. That's my grades for the NFC South. All right. I'm going to switch gears here and I'm going to go to the AFC East. We're going to start with the Tom Brady list, New England Patriots. I, this draft, I think, was one of Belichick's worst drafts in the 20 years that he's been the GM and coach of the Patriots. I gave the New England Patriots a D, a D, the worst grade that I have given out, and that is for Belichick. So first, okay, you're up, you're up on the clock on pick 23. 
Jordan Love. And please don't say that I'm biased because the Packers took Jordan Love. So I like, for some reason, and think so highly of him now. I've liked Jordan Love for about two months now. I thought he had the best arm in this draft class. I understand you didn't have the best senior season. He lost a lot of talent and then he lost around him and he lost his coach. Um, but I think he's a guy where you let him sit two or three years. He could develop to be like a Patrick Mahomes type player. He has that kind of arm talent um, and arm strength. And he can make just all the crazy throws like Mahomes can. So I, for them to trade away that pick when you don't have a quarterback, you have Jarrett Sidham and Brian Hoyer. So they traded away that pick. I understand that the Chargers kind of gave up, you know, gave you, I'm, I want to say it was a third and a fourth round pick just to, just to, and then flip flop. Um, so New England moved to their early second round pick and then the Chargers to come up then to 23. Uh, but I'm just so surprised they didn't take Jordan Love there with the big need at quarterback. And then with that pick they got from the Chargers in round two, they took a division two safety, Kyle Duggar, a division two safety. Are you kidding me? I understand that I heard this guy just went crazy, crazy in D2 was probably the best player in all of division two. But in the second round, and you took a guy who, was a division two safety. I, that is just unbelievable to me. And they did not address, like I said, they didn't address their need at quarterback. They didn't take a quarterback in this draft. They didn't take a receiver in this draft. A receiver is another problem, but you have an aging Julian Edelman and an aging Mohamed Sanu, who you gave up your uh, second round pick for, which was a terrible trade in, in the middle of the season as, as Mohamed Sanu did literally nothing for you once you got him. Um, and then, so, so you didn't take a quarterback, didn't take a receiver when those I think are your two biggest needs as the new England Patriots. And then in round five, you took a kicker when Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm was still on the board and Jake Fromm going into this draft was projected to be a second or third round pick. And then in round five, this guy is still up there and you don't take him when you just, I'm sorry, I'm roasting Bill Belichick so much because he's, in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time. Well, maybe Vince Lombardi's better, but he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. And he, just to make these questionable draft decisions, is unbelievable to me. He must have a lot of faith in Stidham. He must have seen see a lot of things that we don't see uh, out of their fourth-round pick, Stidham, from last year. So I, it looks like he's going in to be the starter, unless they, for some reason, sign Andy Dalton. But I feel like if um, Belichick was going to do was going to sign Andy Dalton, he would have... Well, I guess he just got released yesterday, but... I feel like Belichick, if it's going to be Stidham, I, I feel like he would have made some other move already or drafted somebody if it, if he did, wasn't confident in Stidham. So I give the Patriots a D. Just a horrible draft, I think, by Belichick. Um, now let's go to the Buffalo Bills. I give them a B plus. They traded their first round pick for Stephon Diggs in the offseason, which I think was a great trade. You know they needed. Uh, obviously, you have John Brown and Cole Beasley, but just give the, the young developing Josh Allen another weapon. Uh, so good trade. They took um, in the next round Iowa defensive end AJ uh, Epineza, which I think he's going to be pretty good. Espinosa. Or Epinosa. Yes, I said his name wrong. Um, good. I think he's going to be good. Um, adds depth to that already pretty good defensive line. And the, the number three defense in the league last year in Buffalo. They took um, in the third round um, Utah running back Zach Moss. Um, Devin Singletary, I liked last year, you know, the rookie from a year ago. But. There was at times when he couldn't get a lot going and their offense did nothing. And just Zach Moss is another guy to kind of challenge him and compliment him. And um, maybe even Moss can end up being the starter over Singletary. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I think they're probably going to end up splitting carries and that'll help Singletary out. Um, and then they took uh, UCF wide receiver Gabriel Davis. 
you know, adding more receivers for Josh Allen. I think that's a good pick. And then um, Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, as, as I mentioned um, earlier uh, about New England, he was still up there in round five. They took him. So I think that's going to be a great um, – that's a great pick. You know, he can develop him to be Allen's backup, or if Allen ever gets injured, you'll have a good backup. Um, or even if Allen all of a sudden his career – which I think I think he'll end up getting better even this year. But let's say for some reason he becomes like Mitch Trubisky and he never develops, and then then you have a somewhat of a backup plan in Jake Fromm there. Uh, and even a year ago, Jake Fromm was before the 2019 college football season. Some thought he could potentially be the number one overall pick in this draft. Obviously, he didn't have the as good of a season as people thought, and um, and Joe Burrow obviously, you know, came on the scene out of kind of out of nowhere a little bit and had a great season and ended up being the number one pick instead. So to me, that's just a massive fall for Jake Fromm, who um, was some, a lot of people thought would be a first round pick a year ago. And now ends up being a fifth round pick. So good draft there by Buffalo, giving them a B plus. I'm going to go to the New York jets. Now I give them a B. They took Louisville offensive tackle, Makai Becton. Um, and then in round two, they took Baylor wide receiver, Denzel Mims. I think that was a really good draft. Um, sure, you know, they needed another tackle, more protection for Darnold, need more weapons for Darnold. Um, good draft for the Jets. I give them a B. Um, very quick there, summary on the Jets. Um, we'll go to Miami now. I give them an A minus. Very great draft for the Miami Dolphins. Probably one of their best drafts in a while. Um, they had three first round picks from trading away Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick and their pick that was already theirs. They took Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, uh, USC offensive tackle Austin Jackson, and Auburn corner uh, Noah Igbenagene. I, I totally just murdered that guy's name, but, you know, a corner uh, from Auburn. Um, so I think those were three good picks, three positions of need that are all going to be, uh, well, maybe not day one starters if Tua's going to sit behind Fitzpatrick for a little bit and learn. But um they're gonna. Those are gonna be good picks. Uh, I think you know, even coming off the disloaded, dislocated hip for Tua, he was a good pick. I, I thought he was the best co- uh, quarterback in college football before his injury. I, I've liked Tua the last couple of years a lot. Um, I think you know he has the potential to be the next superstar quarterback, their first superstar quarterback since Dan Marino. Uh, so we'll see if Miami can get this one right. And if the, if Miami doesn't get this pick right, if Tua ends up you know having injury problems and not having a good career. They're going to be bad for a really long time. but So this is a risky pick, but one worth making when you've been a team that's struggled for the better part of 20 years in the Miami Dolphins. So I like Miami's draft. to give them an A-. minus. Yeah, I, again, I'm personally someone who believes a lot in Tua, and I think really the only reason he wouldn't succeed would be uh, would be injury issues. So yeah. uh, let's hope that he can stay healthy. Uh, on, on my side, so the flip side of the NFC East, uh, one of the few really high grades I've gave to a draft class um, this uh, this go round is the New York Giants. I ended up giving them an A minus. Uh, I really like the way that they set up. Uh, it's not going to be flashy if you look at their draft class, but I think they drafted some things they really needed. You go out and get Andrew Thomas, an offensive tackle, the Georgia in the first round. Uh, I think it's a great pick. I, I think he's going to be a stud lineman for them, and you have to protect a young quarterback when you got someone like Daniel Jones. Uh, you get Xavier McKinney in the second round, who I think is one of the best safeties in the draft. He could have easily gone in the first round. A lot of experts had him going in the first round. I think that's a steal. 
And when you look at their third round pick, you go out and get Matt Pert, another offensive tackle. Again, this is not going to be anybody's uh, most flashy draft class or anything like that, but I think they went out and they got things they needed. Uh, and for that reason, I go out there and give them an A minus because I think they're going to protect Daniel Jones more. Uh, and they solidified the back end of their defense. I think that's, those are two really important things that they nailed in this draft class. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to go ahead and give them a B plus. Um, mostly because I don't like uh, their first round selection of Jalen Rieger. I think there was He's better totally options out there. But you don't like their first round pick? That's surprising. Uh, I don't like their I don't like their selection of Jalen Rieger. I think they could have done better uh, as far as talent goes. There, I don't dislike I their selection. Um, I think he'll be productive. I just think they they missed out on a potential superstar receiver, and I don't think Jalen Rieger is going to be a superstar. I could be wrong. Justin Jefferson should have been their pick there. He was uh, he's a lot better in my opinion. Um, I like I do I really do like their second round selection of Jalen Hurts mostly because uh, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you, I think you really need an insurance policy behind Carson Wentz if you want to solidify your chances of being a contender for the next couple of years. Um, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is um as talented as Wentz, uh, or if, if he will be that in a pro offense. Um, but I think, you know, with, if someone's still available like that, and you obviously clearly uh, with someone with, with Hertz where like he had a later draft grade, they were concerned someone else was going to take him because to go snap him with their second round pick when he had a much later draft grade, a lot of people have been sort of roasting that decision. Um, but I, I like the pick. I think he, if you, if you have a guy like that there, you know, and like you concerned which as a quarterback you know it's not like the Packers going out getting Josiah Dubois in the second round when the guy was a tight end and not even close to being the best available he was one of the best available quarterbacks left and they're worried some of the team is going to go snatch him up um so for that reason um you know and he's a guy that plays a lot like Carson Wentz where he's got a lot of mobility and he can make throws on the run so I think that's why they probably liked him over some of the other quarterbacks that were left um you go out and you go out and get another wide receiver in the fifth round. I think that's important. And you take one again in the sixth round because you get that's John, a wide receiver, you get, Lucas. You get John Hightower in the fifth round and Quez Watkins in the sixth round. I think that you take I think it's valid. Um I know people will say, well, Deshaun Watson and or not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson and um Alshon Jeffrey. They're all Alshon Jeffrey is still on the team, but they're old. They already have injury problems. They've proven they can't stay healthy. Uh, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm taking as many receivers as I can because that was one of their main weaknesses last year. So I think they deserve a B plus. Um, the Washington Redskins. I'm giving them a C plus for their draft. I absolutely love their first round pick uh, in Chase Young. That's a great pick. I think he's going to make an absolute impact on their defensive line right away. Uh, they're going to have one of the best young defensive lines in the league, in my opinion, uh, which is one of the best defensive lines in the league in general. Uh, they're just going to be really good. When you look at putting him by Matt Ioannidis and some other talented young guys they have, that's just, it's going to work out, I think. It's going to be – And uh, but if you look they're at – trying their, to recreate the 49ers defensive line. That's what they're trying to do in Washington. Uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously, they're really, they're really up to a good start. I think their, their defensive line is going to cause some teams trouble in the NFC East. It just matters um, if Dwayne Haskins can uh, can do okay on the offense because if he turns the ball over a lot and that defensive line, you know, is still playing good, it's not going to matter. You're not going to win any games well, if he right. can't be reliable. But that's, that's, a, that's a debate for a different, a different day. It is. Um, <laughs> but if you look at their third round pick, when you get Antonio Gibson, who's a receiver running back out of Memphis, 
I don't hate that pick, but um, again, if you're looking for receiver, running back, playmaker, uh, I think that they should have tried to trade up in the second round and grab one of those younger running backs that were still there or go out and get a receiver that was still available instead of waiting to the third round where they had their pick and taking Antonio Gibson. I think they had better options, so that's why I downgraded them for that pick. Uh, and then just in general, um, the rest of their picks are not super um, are not super noteworthy, so I went and gave them a C plus because I think they could have been a little bit more opp- opportunistic, even though I loved their first round pick of Chase Young. Uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, I gave them a B plus. Um, I think they got massive talent um, at receiver with C D Lamb in the first round, um, but I don't think that was a need in anyone's eyes. The Cowboys. I can't believe he fell to 17. Jerry couldn't believe it either. He instantly right away just picked him. He's like, oh my god, how did how did the what Jerry I, I, I'm, I'm surprised you I'm surprised you fell too, but um but I I just I think that was a mistake for them. I think that was the flashy pick, which is um, you know, if you look at Jerry Jones's history, it's not really surprising he would go for flash over need. Um because yeah, the Dallas Cowboys have Dallas Cowboys have really done that. Position later with Biadish, and they did get a corner, which corner was a but, big position to need later on. They did well, yeah, but but it corner. doesn't matter how many points your offense scores if your defense isn't able to stop anybody. Um, and I, I and I realized they were able to address some of their needs. I just think that they're going to regret taking CD Lamb in the first round because I don't think they need him. Um, so. You know, CD Lamb's talented. That's not bad. Uh, second round, uh, I do. Li- I was gonna get to that too, Ben, as well, because um, I All do right. like them taking. No, you're good. I do like them taking Tevin Diggs. Uh, he's a corner out of Alabama. I think he's gonna be a productive uh, member of their defense. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, but I think he's gonna be good. Um, and my personal favorite pick um, is uh, of theirs is Tyler Biadish in the fifth round. I don't know or fourth round, excuse me. I don't know how Biadish fell to the fourth round. In my opinion, I, I said it earlier in the, in the podcast. I think he's the best center in the draft, uh, and I don't really know how he fell that late. So them getting him, I think it's going to be a steal. I think you're probably getting an all-pro type caliber player in the fourth round of the draft, and you definitely do not see that very often. So they absolutely nailed that pick. Uh, the reason they don't get an A is because I think they could have done better in the first round selection. Uh, I, I don't think they needed C.D. Lamb, I think he's a hyper-talented player. I just don't think they needed him. So for that reason, their, their draft grade ends up being a B plus. Lucas, I just want to talk to you a little bit about your Eagles grade, giving them a B plus. So you you kind of you know attacked their first-round pick of Rieger, saying they should have probably taken Jefferson or a better receiver, which I agree with. And then you kind of – well, you didn't attack so much their second-round pick, but you kind of question – like that's kind of early if you're taking a backup quarterback – and then no, you all- I, lo- I love their pick of Jalen Hurts. I- I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. I love that pick. It, I, I didn't. I, I understand. I, what I was saying is other people have said they shouldn't have taken him because he had a late, later drive grade. But I think if he's your man, uh, and you don't have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz to stay healthy, I think you do have to take him there. Okay, but so you, but you're still so you attack that Jalen Ra- Jalen Rager pick, but you're still giving them a B plus. Like I, I, I feel like what you said, you made it sound like it's more of like a C plus. No, I, 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 uh, well, I, I'm, I don't agree necessarily that he was the best player available, but I think later in the draft class when you get a guy like Hertz, who I think could be a productive person for you on offense, and you add that security blanket, plus you go out and you get two more receivers later in the draft. I mean, I, I, I like the, I like those picks. I like tr- I'm trying to solidify the need position, which is why I still think they deserve a B plus for the what for what they did. Okay, that makes more sense. 
All right, let's go now. We're going to transition to the AFC West. Going out there, and we're going to start with the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. They made a very, very questionable first-round pick that a lot of people were scratching their heads on, including me at first. But the more I thought about it, I actually kind of liked the pick. I gave the Kansas City Chiefs a B in this as their draft grade. And pick number 32, you know, last pick of the first round, they took LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I think he was a good, you know, good pick, but it was questionable with him being the first running back off the board. You know, he's the only running back taken in the first round. Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and, and DeAndre Swift were all on the board at that pick, and I believe all three of them were better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But the reason why Andy Reid in Kansas City took Edwards-Hilaire is because he's a great receiving back. He fits the scheme of Andy Reid. He fits what Kansas City wants to do. You just, you know, running out of the shotgun with your running back, throw, um, you know, throw little pa- um, short passes to your running back like they do right now with Damian Williams and they did with Kareem Hunt before um, before he had to get um, get shipped out of town. But um, so I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, I feel like he, he wouldn't have been used correctly if they would have taken him, if you think about it, because Jonathan Taylor is a guy he can be he, sure he can do that receiving stuff, but he's an every down back. Um, like the Kansas city doesn't run the ball enough for Jonathan Taylor. He would not have been utilized correctly. Maybe JK Dobbins would have fit there, but same, similar thing that they don't run the ball enough to where he would have been used correctly. I mean, what Kansas city should have done if they were smarter is I think they could have traded back down it back into like the, uh, early to mid second round and then taken Edwards Hilaire and gotten more draft picks. That's what I would have done if, if Kansas City really well, and that and to me that would have made sense, but I mean I, I, I still don't see taking that guy. Um thirty two, I know. But I mean he's the fourth of the fifth best back. running back prospect. Uh, you know, not that's uh, to, to me you're right. That's a pro like what they what they should have done because right now I think what they did was an improper use of draft capital in my opinion. They, you know, it is they just want they wanted him so badly because no like he fits. Oh, their I team. I understand. I just I, I think it's a mistake. You know what I'm saying. It reminds me kind of of Oakland last year taking Clellan Farrell fourth overall when people thought he was going to go like late first round, early second. And it's like, what are you doing there, Oakland? Because <laughs> they're like, oh, but he's our guy. So we had to get him at number four. And it's like, what? But that's that's a whole nother story. That was last year's draft. But um, Correct. what I was saying is he fits their scheme the best. Like I feel like Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins, and Swift would have all been underutilized, like not lived up to their potential because of you know how much of a passing offense this is with Mahomes and all of his weapons. So I feel like Edwards Hilaire definitely was the best fit. So I give them a B with that draft. Um so a lot of people some people, you know, attacked it at first, but I think as time is going on, more people are, you know, think that was a great pick for Kansas City because Edwards Hilaire fits their scheme the best. All right. Um let's go to the Denver Broncos. <coughs> Excuse me. I give the Denver Broncos my highest draft grade, I, the only A-plus I gave out was to the Denver Broncos. I think they absolutely nailed the draft. At coming off the end of last season, Drew Locke, um, he started the last, uh, like, I think, five games. He played pretty well. So, they, you know, he was last year's second-round pick and missed most of the season with an injury. But uh, so they realized, or they've decided, you know, Drew Locke is good enough He's to be their franchise quarterback. Um, oh, my God, I'm totally blanking on this guy's name. Um, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton had a fantastic year last mm-hmm. year. 
Uh, he has the potential to be like a top receiver in this in this league, I think, which was surprising because his rookie year two years ago, I thought he was pretty bad. But that the similar thing happened to Devontae Adams, where out of nowhere, he kind of just developed and became a really good receiver. And I think that's kind of what happened with Sutton uh, last year. Um, so you have Sutton and you don't really have much else. I mean, I guess you got Melvin Gordon in free agency, which I think Melvin Gordon's going to help them a lot. But so you don't have much else, but they took somehow Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy, who I think... Obviously, it's one A, one B with him and um, and CD Lamb, who Dallas took. But I think Judy was still better, in my opinion, better receiver. He played against better, you know, defenses in the SEC and still proved to be fantastic. So, but he somehow fell after the Raiders. You know, made a. I'll talk about this later. The Raiders making the questionable choice of taking uh, Judy's teammate Henry Ruggs over him as the first receiver. But so Judy was still there for Denver. They got the best receiver in the draft. Next round, they took Penn State wide receiver KJ Hamler. Uh, he's going to be a really good slot guy. So you have Sutton and Judy on the outside, Hamler in the slot. That's a dangerous receiving core right there, Lucas. And they also took Iowa cornerback Michael Ojemudi. Uh, I probably butchered his name as well, but I, I know he, uh, I've watched him a little bit this year. He's pretty good. I, I totally butchered his name. He's going to be a starter after losing Chris Harris. I mean, I guess you did trade for A.J. Boye, but he'll be on the other side of Boye probably. And you also took LSU center Lloyd Cushenberry, who I think he can come in and be a, a starter right away. I mean, the Denver's offensive line struggled a bit. Um, but I think those are four great players, all probably day one starters, all going to make immediate impact. And the Denver Broncos are my big winner of this 2020 draft. They just took like good players, like players that should have been picked earlier, all fell to them. All of those were positions of needs and they definitely drafted the most starters of anybody, even more so than the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, so I give the Broncos an A plus. I mean, the Colts are probably the Colts and Bengals are probably like really close second and third, in my opinion, for how, for the AFC, for how good they did in this draft. Um, so yeah, let's move on now to those now Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I gave John Gruden and Mike Mayock and the boys, I gave them a B minus grade in this draft. They took Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs, the third with their first round pick, making him the first receiver off the board. Obviously, he is a speedster. He reminds everyone of Tyree Kill. And I think, and John Gruden and the Raiders uh, and Mark Davis, he loves speed. They love speed over there. So I think that's why they took him. They, you know, they see Tyree Kill burning them. They're like, we need our own Tyree Kill. Let's go get Henry Ruggs, which. I think is going to help them stretch the field better. They also took uh, in the first round, Ohio state cornerback, David Arnett, uh, which that pick was a slightly questionable because a lot of people thought he was going to go like mid to late second round. And they took him with their second first round pick. But I mean, obviously, you know, I think he can still be a really good corner. Um, and then they took a couple of other receivers um, and the receivers they went for, they went for speed. So, so three of their first four picks um, were receivers and uh, like I said, I was surprised they took Ruggs over Judy, but not really when you look at Gruden and um, Mark Davis and Mike Mayock, they all like, they like speed over there. And well, now I was going to say Oakland, but now Las Vegas. So um, yeah, so that's the Raiders draft. That's why I give them a B minus only because they made a couple questionable choices, but it makes sense for them. And I think those guys, uh, Ruggs and I think an Arnett are going to work out, even though they did take them probably questionable position spots in the draft. Now I'm going to go to the LA Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. I love the uniforms Chargers. I don't like the draft. I A lot of people might not agree with what I'm going to say here, but I'm going to attack the Chargers 
for Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. They took him at number six. I still believe Jordan Love had more talent. You know, you heard before the draft, they were um, they were going back and forth between uh, who do we take? Do we take Love or Herbert? And then what, what's funny is they said, uh, or even Tua if he somehow fell. And what, what's funny is they they literally said after the draft, their owner said this. He said, oh yeah, between Tua and Herbert, you know, whatever one of them fell to us at number six, we were going to get. So that's not showing that much confidence in Justin Herbert. That's kind of just saying like, oh, if you know, if he was there, we'd take him. And to be honest, in my opinion, you know, obviously I think Jordan Love had more talent and should have been the pick, you know, especially if they're as confident as they are in Tyrod Taylor starting this year, which I think he still will. But I mean, I think Herbert's talented, but he's very up and down and he doesn't give off the vibe of being a great leader to me. And um, so I just, very, I think Justin Herbert was, um, obviously you have to take him there. You, you're kind of desperate for a quarterback, but I still think Love should have been taken over him. So we'll see. I honestly, I think Justin Herbert could have a very like Mitch Trubisky type career, which that's I know a hot take. Oh come on, Herbert that is. Uh, he's he's never played a down of NFL football yet. You're gonna say he's gonna play like Mitch Trubisky? I didn't think he was very good. He all he would did was run on us, and like he didn't like he doesn't he didn't seem like he read the field very well. Obviously, he's he got won a won the game. Arm. He's got a big arm. Yeah, he did win the game because Wisconsin blew the game, <laughs> but um. I, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think Justin Herbert's that good. Um. Anyways, there's they did trade with New England, traded back into the first round with pick twenty three. They did give up a lot to get this pick, um, but I think it was worth it. They took Oklahoma linebacker Kenneth Murray. I think he's a great player for them. It shores up a real. Er, it's another piece to this really talented L.A. Charger defense, and I I think the Chargers, even if they start Tyrod Taylor the whole year, could. Um, be a very dangerous team. Obviously not as dangerous as Kansas City, but um now that there's an extra wild card spot, I I think with as much talent that the LA Chargers have, I'd be ama- I'd be amazed if they missed the playoffs. But I mean, I kind of was amazed last year, but um Philip Rivers kind of blew all those they had a lot of one possession games and he blew all those throwing interceptions. But uh so I give the Chargers a C plus. Lucas, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the NFC West to conclude our 2020 NFL draft grade. Uh, yep. Okay. So in the NFC West, uh, we're gonna start with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I gave them a B plus. Um, I like their pick of linebacker Jordan Brooks on the Texas Tech. Um, you know, uh, with losing a lot of li- with some linebacker talent, like slash edge rusher talent, when you lose someone like Clowney, uh, and Bobby Wagner is kind of aging on you now. Uh, it's always good to restock some of that linebacker talent. Uh, in the second round, I think this one was more meant to replace Clowney. You pick up Daryl Taylor, Ed Rusher out of Tennessee. He's um, so, really good. Yeah, I like both of those picks. I think both of those picks are addressing key needs. So I give the Seattle Seahawks a B plus. I like their draft class quite a bit. Uh, just short of getting an A from me, um, only because I I feel like neither one of those picks are like you know not flashy, but like I feel like there are were better people at those positions. But with the picks that they had. Uh, I think they utilized them really well, so I give it a B plus. Uh, the only team I've given an A to in, in the entire draft process, like just a straight A, would be the San Francisco 49ers um, for the way that they utilize their draft picks. Um, I, I, re- I know I've kind of not roasted, but I've downgraded some teams because of the lack of draft picks. Um, but when you get the sort of talent that San Francisco did with both of their, they ended up getting two first-round picks. Um, they only had one coming in. Um, they ended up kind of getting another one. Uh, I think 
Uh, well, actually, no, they had two. They had two going in, didn't they? Because they, they had, had um, the Buckner trade. Yes. Yeah, the Buckner trade. They uh, traded up with their second one that was at pick number thirty-one. They traded. That's what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you go out and get uh, Javon Kinlaw, uh, defensive tackle out of South Carolina, basically a plug-in place replacement. Uh, he might, uh, you know, he hasn't played yet, so it's not fair to say he's going to do what DeForest Buckner did. But uh, clearly, in the, another talented defensive lineman form. Uh, then you get someone like Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State. Uh, another guy I think who's going to make an immediate impact. Um, both those players are great. I think that that draft class is really good because you know I the Niners, Lucas as a Packers fan. I I fear the Niners. I feel like I feel, they're so talented. They're going to make a another run at the at the Super Bowl here, and I I I'm afraid to play them. I really hope we don't play them Week One. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, the 49ers are going to be a talented team, um, but my um, my uh, my downgrade on the Niners is always whether you believe in whether Jimmy G can make consistent big plays, uh, and I don't always subscribe to that theory. Um, so if we go to the second two teams in the AFC uh, – sorry, excuse me, the NFC West, uh, Arizona, the Cardinals, um, I personally really, really like their pick at number eight of taking Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety slash safety out of Clemson. His versatility is outstanding to me. I'm sorry, Ben. I think he's the best linebacker in the draft. Personally, I, I would take Simmons over um, – I, I don't remember who you said was the best linebacker in the draft. Oh, Kenneth Murray, I, I, he's not probably the best linebacker, but he is, he's up there like top two or top three. Right. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, it's probably like you know just grasping at straws here as far as who's better. Um, but I really like Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Clemson, I think he's going to make a lot of plays for them on defense. I think he could really be a, turn into a leader for them on defense. I like that pick a lot. Uh, when you have a young team like that, um, you know, finding people who can be leaders and staples for your team is important. And I think Isaiah Sims is a really great pick for them. And then I also really like their third round pick, Josh Jones, offensive tackle Houston. This draft is one of the best linemen drafts out there to get another tackle to help protect to help protect Kyler Murray. I think is a great pick. So I like their draft a lot. So. Can I'm I gonna you know, hang on one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and amend this a little bit. I had them at a B minus. I'm gonna go ahead and actually I, I mean I think I'm gonna put that to a B plus. Now that I talk about it, uh, I think they really utilized their first two picks well. You can add something now. Okay. Um, like I was kind of questioning. I mean Isaiah Simmons. I yeah he's a generational talent. Um, and I think he should have been a like a top ten pick for sure. But I think they only took him because they thought he was going to be gone at that point. But I, their real plan was to take a tackle at, at that number eight spot because they their tackles are they're almost in as bad of a situation as Cleveland was last year. Like their offensive line is kind of it's just well, not good. Well, I don't know yeah, I don't sack the most in in football, but I, so I guess you take Simmons, but then and then they didn't have the second round pick because they lost it for the Hopkins trade. And then you Josh Jones is good third. value in the third round. But yeah, I agree, but he's still he's still probably. I mean, I, I guess that's good. You get your tackle and you get the good linebacker, but but I, you, I, I, to me, you, because you could have gotten, you know, a, probably a better tackle, one of those other good tackles that went right after to that. Yeah, but I don't think you could pass on Simmons. That talent is special, and I think he's someone who could be a perennial all-pro linebacker. Bryce Carroll passed on him. Luke Keekley just retires, and you're like, no, let's take Derek Brown. It's like, I mean, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I was just done when Carolina didn't take him the pick before at seven. I mean, I, I do like their draft class. Like I said, I amended it. I was originally going to give them a B minus, but after talking about it for a little bit and talking about the needs that they had to address, I, I like, I give them a B plus. I think they did a pretty good job. 
Um, and then the final team, the 32nd team, uh, in no particular order that we have talked about, would be the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they got roasted for their logo in the offseason. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, they didn't have a first-round pick. Um, little unfortunate, um, because and they won't have one next year because they traded away for Jalen Ramsey. Um, so, I mean, you pick up a guy like Jalen Ramsey, obviously it's amazing value for your for your team. Uh, guy who's going to come in and make plays for your defense. Um, but then you, um, in the second round, they take running back Cam Akers. It's a little questionable, um, but um, with uh, with not having necessarily a for sure number one running back, I can see it. I know you're a little questioning of that, Ben, but I don't He's necessarily think it's a bad idea. I just want to make sure. I thought second he was a round. Second. Oh. Um, yeah, he was number 52 overall. Uh, okay. And then you go out and take Van Jefferson, a wide receiver to Florida. The receiver pick, I don't get as much because I feel like you have a lot of receivers. They are stacked. Yeah. I understand that one. Books and they're still stacked at receiver. Yeah, that one's a little questionable for me. I understand the running back, the receiver, I don't necessarily get because you have a lot of receiving talent already. Um, off. They need to, he needs to have like the best receiving class in the league to succeed, I guess. That's what they think. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, in third round, you go get you go ahead and get a guy, uh, Terrell Lewis, edge rusher out of Alabama. I like that pick. I think that's a good idea. And then the other third round pick, getting the safety, Terrell Burgess. You know, basically just trying to solidify their defense a little bit more. Uh, I like those picks. Um, but because I really don't think they needed Van Jefferson, I wouldn't give them a C plus. Just they're pretty close to a B grade, but I don't think I can give them a B grade um, because of. Uh, not necessarily utilizing that other second round pick very well. And when you don't have a first round pick, if you don't hit on both your second round picks with your needs, I think you're setting up your team in a bad position, especially if you don't have a first round pick next year. Uh, so I wouldn't give him a C plus. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, that was, it was a kind of a, a little bit of a questionable draft from the Rams, but um, I don't know. I had fun doing this, Lucas. I enjoyed it. Um, thank you to everyone who listened. Um, we, we concluded our, a draft grades of all 32 NFL teams. Anything yeah. Else? And if, well, and uh, one thing I would, would want to mention that I haven't mentioned on other um, podcasts uh, is if you ever want to sort of contact the show, maybe you have some different opinions you want to share with Ben and I, uh, you can go ahead and do that by utilizing our Gmail address, which is irrefutable sports at gmail.com. Uh, and you can kind of hit us up there and kind of tell us why you think we're really stupid or, or why you agree with what we said. So, just a thank you to everybody who listened and uh, we, we hope to be back next week with some more, uh, some more debate, some more of the traditional idea of this show. NFL dropping next week. What, yep. What's the NFL's plan with amid uh, amongst the coronavirus? We will find out what they plan on doing. I'm, the I'm NFL's plan. Hopefully we'll get some news on the NBA pretty soon. So we can talk about uh, what's going on with that. Uh, and we're going to have probably some debates about QBs because we almost launched into a couple of them here. So maybe we'll talk about some QB uh, hyper Boston or something like that. Uh, we'll work that out. But rest assured, we're going to come back next week with some uh, with some more topics to talk to you guys about. So thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everyone.